0: It's the Locked on Canes podcast where it's all about you. My name is Fred Perdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by my co-host Cam Underwood. And it's the day after Thanksgiving. Most of you call it Black Friday. Cam, what's going on? Any Black Friday shopping for you, man? I know you might be out there kind of tired.
1: Yeah, man. uh, I'm tired. The new super secret day job actually has me working or had me working uh, today. So I um am. tired hanging out uh just going to be on this couch watching some football eating some leftovers uh going to have a nice drink or something uh and then that's about it. So, I mean, that's my Black Friday experience, you know, going into to the super secret day job and now chilling. How about you?
0: Man, I'm I'm enjoying a little bit of the leftovers from yesterday and I'm just going to be honest with you and and you can give me your thoughts. Um leftover Thanksgiving food is always the best. Uh
1: for one I mean, day it, for it, it, one day you might get me till saturday but the you know the thing about it is for me and i know that this is blasphemous to those who love thanksgiving food i hate turkey
0: mm, it depends on how you cook it
1: hate 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 hate, hate. call me smoky johnson all the way through i you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, there's usually a ham on the table when I go over to, to my buddy's place. And there usually is, uh, you know, there are some sides and things that are pretty good. You know, that mac and cheese, collard greens, those pearl onion pota- or pearl onions in the white cream sauce that his mother or grandmother from Peru makes, uh, which is great. Uh, but I hate turkey. So that's why when I did my pre Thanksgiving shopping late on Tuesday night, I made sure that I got proteins. To cook, So I have, you know, spaghetti stuff. I got, you know, uh, some chicken thighs that I can roast off. I got some things that I can do for the centerpiece of my meal to build with these leftover sides I got.
0: You know, uh, there are some folks out there that, that may may come come at you on Twitter. And, but, That's OK. When we speak of Twitter, make sure you go follow follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Follow myself. On Twitter at Fred Perdue CFB that is P E R D U E not the school and also go follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. Tell him everything you hate about Ham and his 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 love for this thing called pork. So um, yeah,
1: I mean, there's that, but also you know like and subscribe to the show anywhere that you get podcasts, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere. Like and subscribe, you know, give us five stars, send us a feedback comment, you know, let us know how we're doing.
0: Definitely, definitely. So we have now that we've gotten the the Thanksgiving feedback and a little bit of uh, the, the the formalities out of the way. We have a game at hand, uh, and we're we're going up against Duke. Duke last time we saw them uh, knocked off Miami, twenty to twelve, uh, and it's just we and that's coming off of a loss to FIU. The Canes have to right the ship at least get this thing to 7-5 and so we can just not have to worry about it. And then maybe put a ball on things with the ball game and maybe we'll at least, I said at the beginning of the season we'll go 8-4. and I'd only be off by one. Make me look good, guys. Come on. But we have to break down this whole Duke thing and we'll give three keys to victory. So, first up, Cam, what are are one of your keys to victory for this, this Canes team?
1: Run. The ball.
0: You know, uh, and with DJ Dallas out, you know, with the injury, the, the dislocated elbow, he's out, he won't require surgery, but he's going to be out for the rest of the season. The, the onus falls on one Cam Harris to actually, you know, set the tone for this team. Take the ball out of Jaren Williams' hands and pound the football.
1: And look, Miami has other running backs. Robert Burns, you know, and I know that he's been the glass man who's been injured forever, but look, he looked nice against FIU in the couple of carries he had, and then, you know, Lorenzo Lingard was showcased in a picture from practice uh, by uh, from the Canes football account on Tuesday, I want to say that was. Yes, he was working with the second or third team offensive line, but he's another guy who can come in, still has games to play because he's redshirting. You know, uh, is getting I hope more comfortable with his knee uh, returning from that injury that he sustained last year. But you have multiple guys that you can give the ball from the backfield. That's not even taking into account getting a jet sweep going. You know, to KJ Osborne or D Wiggins or hey. Mark Pope or Jeff Thomas, the two fastest guys on the, or and Mike Harley maybe. Those three guys are probably the fastest receivers that you have. And No, I don't want to see another tight end sweep or tight end jet uh, motion, uh, jet sweep like we saw in the Virginia game from Brevin Jordan. But there are options to run the ball. So let's do that. Offensive line, you got to, you know, cowboy up a little bit and block a little bit better. But yeah, you know, there are still skill position players of note for the Miami Hurricanes. So let's run the ball. Thanks. You know,
0: I, I want to see this offensive line, this young offensive line, um, assert their dominance. Duke is not in the same class as Miami, and it shows. Uh, I there's a reason why they are Duke they are the basketball school of this conference and I want it to stay that way uh, it shouldn't be Miami shouldn't lose to Duke ever and simply pound these guys into oblivion plain and simple you have the talent go out there and play up don't play down to those guys um you lean on them lean on them with that run game I, I, I really love what I see from cam Harris he's a he I still haven't really decided what I what I want to him to be as far as a comparison. He does a little bit of everything. He can catch it. He can run it. But he, his inside run game is pretty pretty good. Um, and I think that offensive line has a lot to prove going forward. I, I hate saying it. Take the ball out of Jaron's hands.
1: Make it. Not even take the ball out of his hands, but, you know, let's lean in the run game, you know. And I think, yeah, key number one, is going to be to run the ball because Miami wants to go play action when you run it that opens up the RPOs and I know that we saw interceptions on the RPOs against FIU when you're actually running the ball calling run plays not you know zone reads but actual run plays those linebackers you cannot you know dance half in between like oh I'm going to half go up and then I'm going to fake back because you know Cam Harris He's not the fastest guy, but he'll be at 8, 10, 12 yards down the field before you blink if you're a linebacker trying to play games. So you take them out of that mentality by actually running the ball. Now that makes play action actually open up. Hey, D. Wiggins, I don't know if you got a complete route tree, but Fred, you know the one route I know D. Wiggins can run? that post route. That post route. And that post route fun to come open when you have that play action be hard. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting uh, heavy on my Ebonics. The post route will be very open when you run the ball effectively because those safeties are going to have to come down as well. That opens up the middle of the field that opens up those post routes like we saw at Florida State and against Louisville for D Wiggins or whomever to go and eat. So, yes, I know that it is the the seed from whence the tree of good offense grows. Run the ball.
0: Now, Miami has really had has been known for one thing and one thing only uh, on the other side of the ball. And we'll kind of talk about that in a second. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, so key number two for me when it comes to uh, this Miami team having success is turnovers. Turnovers. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back that did not hear me. Turnovers. Miami has been known for this whole turnover Turnover chain thing And we haven't seen it much Really this season in general But at least in the last couple In the last game we saw against FIU It didn't even make an appearance So I need more turnovers I need whether it's a pick six Whether it's a a strip sack fumble whatever, however you need to get the offense more opportunities because volume, it's more about quantity than quality. I guess that's just what it is for, this, mm-hmm. for the offense. Give them as many possessions as they need. And if we just happen to hit a home run and get a score on every single one, so be it. This team needs to turn the ball over. And for Duke, you know, it's crazy to say this, but uh, Duke in the last seven games has only turned the ball over 25 times. Uh, you know, that's that's interesting to say. I, I think to, for me, I feel like that's a lot. But if you can get them if you can get them to increase that number, I think that'll be something that this team, this Hurricanes team can really take advantage of, knowing that this team can, is kind of turnover. prone.
1: Yeah. You know, getting those turnovers is key. It's like a, I said years ago, it was like the uh, it's like a power up from Sonic or something. You know, you get it in a video game, and all of a sudden your character is unbeatable or invincible. That is what the turnover chain does to this entire program. Uh, And you saw the lack of emotion from the team because you did not turn over FIU. I mean, I'm not saying that the emotion that you play with should only be born from getting a turnover, but there is just extra emotion, extra energy, extra excitement when you do get turnovers. And Duke wants to turn the ball over because that's what they do. They're not necessarily a good offense. They have not been good at, uh, you know, holding onto the ball or anything. So if they want to give it up, then I'll take it from them. Thanks.
0: Duke is also three and zero against FBS teams when it doesn't turn the ball over. That's concerning. But I think with the talent that we have up front, especially uh, Russo, Garvin Hill, um, Silvera, those guys can get, you don't have to blitz this team to really cause havoc uh, quarterback isn't a, a strength for this team. They're going to run there. They're going to run the football. They're going to do what they do. They gave Alabama problems early in the year. Uh, I don't think they expected, Alabama didn't expect necessarily that they'd be able to run the ball as well. So don't, I would say to Miami, don't take this team lightly. Uh, Look,
1: they, they gave Alabama problems for like a quarter, this is maybe true. a half. That game ended up forty-two to three, Alabama. That was, a, in the words of the solid verbal, that was a crock potting. But that crock pot, you had it on um, extreme heat. So once it started to get hot, whoo boy! I mean, it was it was a sad day for Duke. So I mean, eh, there is some of that, but it wasn't like ridiculous where you know it was a two-point game or anything like that.
0: Now, for me, what I what I want to see, I, what I want to see is one of those linebackers. Maybe get a, a pick, maybe a Shaq quarterman kind of end his season end his career with something big. maybe one, they've been Miami's been known over the throughout this year to really use shaq quarterman as a an extra blitzer right off the middle. Wouldn't it be great to see him just come in for just on a delayed blitz on a nice kill shot to end the game?
1: yeah, I mean, and I would hope that that would be in the first quarter and the game gets ended early. You know, not necessarily a a fourth and goal from the two-yard line up only five. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, but it would be great to see that that kind of a thing from him or anybody. You know, John Garvin, obviously his stats have not been this season what he would maybe hope, especially because he's seeing double and triple teams often. Uh, But, you know, if he were to get there, if Gregory Russo were to add a couple sacks to his ledger, uh, Michael Pinckney is the better blitzer of the linebackers and he has made play after play after play against Duke in his career. I mean, he has, I have, I'm not going to go look up the stats right now, but I would have to say that he has probably five or more combined tackles for loss and a couple sacks in three games against Duke in his career, which I mean, it's not 20 sacks in three games or anything, but, I mean, those are not numbers to shake a stick at, especially when you have one of the best defenses over the first three years of him here where you have multiple guys who are getting in the backfield for TFLs and sacks and things like that. So, uh, you know, Pinckney could be a guy who steps up also, but I'm I'm of the mind that if the plays get made... I don't really care who makes them. So it could be Shaq, it could be Garvin, it could be russo it could be Pinkney, it could be Gervin Hall, it could be Amari Carter, it could be insert player here. As long as the plays get made, I'm good with it.
0: Now for you, do you have what is your your other your second key to victory for this team?
1: My second key to victory is not turning the ball over. So it's the inverse of what you said. Um Miami turned the ball over three times against FIU. You saw what happened. Miami turned the ball over four times in the first 22 snaps against Virginia Tech. Spotted them a 28 nothing lead. You saw what happened. Miami turned the ball over against Georgia Tech. You saw what happened. So, I mean, it is not rocket science. It is not astrophysics or brain surgery. If Miami holds on to the ball, Miami should win. This, again, feeds into my repeatedly and clearly stated mantra and mentality that if Miami handles Miami's business, it really doesn't matter much what the other team on the other side of the ball is going to do. Yes, there are some teams that are elite teams in college football. Miami's not playing many of those. You know, your Alabamas, Clemson, Ohio State's, Oklahoma's, blah, blah, where you can play a great game and still get your doors blown off. With these teams that Miami's playing, especially at Duke, that's not a thing. They don't have that kind of talent. They don't have that kind of execution. They don't kind of ha- have those kind of athletes or just athleticism on the roster. So for me, Miami needs to do what Miami needs to do. And in this case, that is talking about holding on to the ball.
0: Now, Miami's had an issue uh, on money downs, and we'll kind of get into that on the other side. All right, so we Miami has, uh, for as far as my third key to victory, and... Uh, it's one of the things that we talked about. You brought up the stat at the beginning of the week. You said, if I remember correctly, you said Miami was uh, dead last or first to last. In dead the, last. Dead last in the country in third down percentage. That's a whopping 27%. 20.
1: Oh, wait. Well, sorry. It was 27.13. That has updated and changed because Akron has played and lost their 12th game of the year. So after 12 games, with Miami still pending, uh, Akron is at 26.38%, which dropped 2% from previous. So Miami was 130 out of 130 heading into game 12. After game 12, Akron is now at 130 out of 130. So that just means that Miami has to do worse to stay at the bottom or maybe do better and improve, which could be your key.
0: You know, I need Miami to really get it together on third down, which I call money down, regardless of distance. Uh, keep these drives going. Make the, give the offense a chance to just sustain a drive. You can't just have a t- check down or touchdown type of mentality. Sometimes you give that defense that you, we've come to know and love over the last few years, give them a little bit of a rest, and make sure we convert instead of three for nine uh, on third down or one for seven, God forbid. Uh, you know, can we get maybe can, – can you give me five of nine, six of nine? I can live with any of those type of numbers uh, seemingly because if you sustain these drives, one, uh, you, can tick, you can cut the game in half based off of what you said. If we're running the football, we're also not turning the ball over The game's cut in half. Jaron Williams doesn't have to make so many critical throws in critical moments because you've had the ball a good portion of the game. And by the way, that means you have achieved one more goal of making sure your third down percentage is much higher and you're converting on your third downs. What say you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with all of that. You know, converting third downs, holding on to the ball, getting – you know, either the offense into manageable situations on third down and or finding ways to get, you know, uh, just clean throws for Jaron to, to make and hit. Um, and he's hit some big throws, some of those money throws that you're talking about, and he's missed some of those and he's missed even at FIU or against FIU, you saw Jaron start missing easy throws. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that you want to not have happen. So yeah, I mean if you can get in a positive situation to curtail some of that negative performance I'm all for that because that would be better for the Miami Hurricanes, which is a team that I still root for, contrary to popular belief.
0: (laughs) Now, what is your third key to victory so we can kind of put a bow on not only this game, but the regular season?
1: My third key to victory is effort. Sorry. It is, yeah, just effort. Just playing hard, playing like you care. You know, playing like you want to be out there and represent the Miami Hurricanes because, oh, my goodness. Wow. Sorry. Just saw something that was crazy. Does Manny
0: Diaz Um, just text you that he's going to make sure this team has a lot of effort and they're doing what they're doing?
1: Actually, let me check my phone. That's exactly what happened. Yes. So, yeah, you know, just just playing like they care, not being lackadaisical, you know, and that's that's with everything. You know, whatever you're doing, if you are, you know, the water person provider on the sideline, male or female, Good, then do that greatly. You know, if you are whomever, anybody, just do your job and do it well. And for those four seconds that you are active in each play, just play like your hair is on fire. Because there's a guy behind you who's not in the game. Who would kill to be in that game? Jalar Hawley dancing on the sideline. Yes, he's dancing on the sideline and doing all of that. But you don't think that he would rather be out there in a three-point stance on the defensive line trying to make a play? And I get that he's young and he's developing and you want to save him for you know, another season or two or three or four down the line. But come on. I mean, he wants to be out there. So if you have the privilege of being out there, then play like that means something. So, yes, that's the long, short story long of saying play for pride. And unfortunately, you know, when I played basketball in high school, I went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. Have you seen the movie Eight Mile? Yes, that Cranbrook. Yes, actually that one. That's my alma mater. We were bad at basketball. So I'd heard the play for pride speech more than a couple of times. But at some point, you have to do that. You have to have the personal fortitude to say, I'm going to give it my best effort, come hell or high water, no matter what happens, so that I can look myself in the mirror and say that I gave it my good, honest best. And I want that from every player out there, every single play. And if you're not willing or able to give me your 100% best, then sit on the bench or stand next to a coach because we have other players on scholarship who will give that kind of effort.
0: This game is going to tell me a lot about this coaching staff. It's also going to tell me a lot about uh, these players, the ones that are returning, that is. The ones that aren't returning, uh, again, play for that last, enjoy those last moments. You have two games left. Uh, but going forward, I want to see something to make me excited about this team. Re- give me that that future excitement, because once this game's over, I'm hitting reset button. We we kind of t- touched on that uh, on our Thanksgiving, or I'm sorry, giving segment. That's right. Uh, but, um, you know, every year I, I always, when I'm let down, I want to see something that will give me some kind of encouragement. Last year, not much, but even uh, for, like, Brad Kyle. Um, having just a crazy good game uh, going up against West Virginia in the bowl game. And then the following year, things kind of went in our way, went our way. And I want to see that again. So as we kind of put a bow on this regular season, uh, Kim, what are your expectations for this game as far as a score, maybe a bold prediction?
1: I'm going to stay away from predicting scores, although, I have gotten multiple scores correct. I got the Florida score 100% right. I hated to say it, uh, but I've gotten Miami's points four times. I've gotten the opponent's points four different times throughout the year. So I I can get some points and some scores right. Um, I'm not going to say that for this one. I expect a Miami win. I expect it to be close. So probably less than the the seven-point margin uh, or, or line coming into this game. My bold prediction is that Miami wins. That's all that I'm going to go with. I don't even have the – I don't even have it in me to make a a seriously bold prediction or do a really hot take. I just want Miami to win. I predict Miami to win. I think it will be close, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think this game will be close. I'm thinking something around, like, 27-24, something like that. Hopefully there's not a kicker involved, and hopefully they're just trying to come back 27-24, not the – Let's drive down the field, figure it out, hope uh, Camden Price makes a a ridiculously long field goal. Please, none of that. No Miami miracles. None of that. Can we just win the game and maybe something crazy happens and we just got to hold serve at the end? I'll take that too.
1: And before you really dump on the Miami miracle too hard, I want to remind everybody that the referees went out of their way to call an ACC record 23 penalties against the Miami Hurricanes themselves, not combined for both teams, specifically and singularly against Miami. They took away multiple interceptions that would have won that game. They went out of their way to insert themselves into that, and Thomas Cirque did not score on his final QB sneak, which then with no timeouts, the game clock would have run out. So I get that it was a terrible situation that you know, we ended up having to, you know, have that eight lateral return, which I still watch because the David Njoku crackback block is my spirit animal. Oh, my God. I love that crackback block, and I will watch it, and I will rewind it, rewind it, rewind it. But that was not entirely of Miami's making that they were in that situation because the referees literally went out of their way to call a record number of penalties to try to have Miami lose that game.
0: This game can be found. This game will be at three thirty. Uh, we'll, yep. You can find it on ESPN 2 uh, It's on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Make sure you go check out those canes. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Canes. You can follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood uh, Underwood Sports. You can find myself on Twitter at Fred Perdue CFB. This has been a very it's been a very interesting ride, guys, and we'll definitely be keeping you. Uh, keeping you guys abreast of everything that is going on around this around the program we have early signing day actual signing day that's still kind of trippy to me a little but okay whatever however we do it with when it comes to signing day Uh, we'll have we'll definitely be having guys like Andrew Ivins coming back on Manny Devaro will be coming back on we'll have some other guests coming on throughout the off season make sure you guys let us know what you think of the show you can go subscribe to the show on Spotify Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform that you use and please make sure you go out and subscribe, like the show, uh, go out and leave us your feedback on the show and let us know what you want to hear going into the off season maybe we have list season, maybe we have some extra guests, maybe some basketball cam, maybe maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll have I was that. a hooper, I'm down for it. Okay. Like we
1: can, we can we can talk hoops. Like that was yeah, absolutely.
0: We might have to insert a little bit of hoops into that, especially when it comes to March Madness season, and of course, spring games and things like that. We might actually even have a live show. Maybe you can. we might have to link up and do something a little bit more live. Well, definitely, that'll be a lot of things are cooking up in the works. But make sure you uh, make sure you guys stay uh, tuned into the show again. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Uh, until next week where we kind of get a chance to know in the coming weeks where the bowl game is and everything. I am Fred. That is Cam. It's all about the you and go Kings.